0: Hello and welcome to the Half-Backed Podcast Grand Final Edition. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is, as always, one of the sharpest minds in rugby league, former Catalan Dragons and Wakefield Wildcats playmaker, Sam Williams. Sam, how are you?
1: Going well, boys. Yeah, a couple of great stints overseas. Uh, France, brilliant. Uh, Wakefield, not the prettiest place in the world, but good fun nonetheless. Right. Could be
0: the two most contrasting places on the planet. Catalan Dragons. I was lucky enough to get over for a week when you're over there and, and have a bit of a visit. Honestly, playing football in southern France as opposed to beautiful spot northern England, but dreary, cold, dark—a bit different. How good was your stint there?
1: Yeah, different. Obviously, um, as you said, it was um, uh, there was uh, there were plenty of positives about about the England setup, but honestly, the the France setup is just the the gold leg to rugby league. Uh, I can't believe more players don't go there. You're playing football on the um, one of the most beautiful parts of the world, right on the coast in the middle of summer in in, in France. So uh, the people just love their rugby league. They get behind it so much. Uh, the culture's fantastic. And, yeah, look, France was wonderful. Um, but Wakefield was a wonderful, wonderful experience as well, I think. The people up there, they're, um, they're certainly... The numbers aren't sort of what we have out here in Australia in terms of a fan base, but they're certainly patriotic and they love uh, they love their rugby league as well. So, um, yeah, great great times and yeah, very privileged to be able to do it. Mate, the, uh, the blissful shores of Perpignan,
0: absolutely notorious for recruiting rugby league bad boys. Just about anyone who's done something wrong in rugby league, at least on numerous occasions, gets a start. How in the world do you get a start over there?
1: Yeah, I just got lucky, I think. Um, it was actually Scott Giro at the time was going through some health issues and he's the nicest person in rugby league. So if he, um, if he could go there, I guess that was a spot for me. <laughs> also <laughs> with us this week is XTAB
0: data analyst, the stat man of the show, the rational one on the podcast, Jimmy Hughes. Hughes, how, <laughs> Hughes, how are you? Sorry, mate. Good, Timmy. Uh,
2: last week, again, the boys went well with Para. Uh, will we back it up? Are we all following Para again this week or are we flipping?
0: Mate, the old Parramatta Eels did absolute wonders for this podcast last week. and they not won by four points, we would have been in all sorts of trouble. Uh, on today's show, we will recap last week's results. I cannot wait for that. We'll drop this week's Lock of the Week. Value plays Hail Mary Punts. Sam's grand, uh, grand Final Preview he has got some key stats to run through that are going to impact the decider. Uh, and then one I'm looking forward to, Sam's Clive Churchill medal preview, who he likes. He's clearly worth it at the price. Who's the value? All those great things, guys. World Cup halfback podcast. will continue on through the rugby league world cup. I uh, just mentioned there, but Sam has spent plenty of time around the traps over in England, France. He knows the conditions well, the English side quite well. Uh, so I think we've hopefully got a bit to offer on that one and uh, we plenty of options. So looking forward to getting on board for that one. Boys, Week three finals recap. Sam, your lock of the week. I haven't done the numbers, but you're on some sort of streak. Eels to win at two dollars twenty. Got you over the line. ROI four thirty eight percent.
1: Yeah, nice no, another win. It's um, yeah. Look, it was, it was Jimmy. I think you played around it as well, and I know Tim. You had some try scorers, in that, and um it was nice that it could come off for us. We uh, we we don't speak about it before the podcast, but we all followed each other in, and hopefully some of the punters did as well. Bloody oath. Hughesy, your lock of the week. Eels with
0: the two and a half start. Uh, not quite as big a nads as Sambo and myself on that one, but you got your dollar ninety-five lock. Your value, Eels win. You did go them straight out. Penrith one to twelve. Uh, that was at seven dollars. You must have thought you were you're a pretty good thing for that one at one stage in that game.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, well, South are up 12 nil, and I, I was kind of going, oh, yes, I've, I've really got a good opportunity here with that one. But, um, yeah, not to be Penrith way too good. Um, uh, we'll see Penrith or Para this week.
0: ROI, mm. oh, mate, 40%. You're in the positive for the season. Hang on by a thread, though. Winner this week will do you absolute wonders. Uh, now onto the big news of the podcast. Tim's Lock of the Week. Brian Toto, Mike Acevo, Anytime try scores at $3.62. Uh, whack, whack on that one. Value play. Panthers giving away the eight and a half start. Eels to win one to 12 at $6.43. Also got home. Big news. I'm in a positive ROI. Up to 117% for the season. Uh, I tell you what, boys, it has been a long, long grind to getting the green. But fortunately, I'll be finishing the, uh, the season in the right spot. So very, very happy about that one. The Top Sports Special. We had three left-edge players for Panthers to score at $3.50. Only two of the three got over. There was about 16 tries denied on that edge, so a little bit disappointing not to get there. But nonetheless, the ROI for the Top Sport Special, 1,100%. Guys, we're exclusively using Top Sport Markets. Big fans of their value, especially the same game multi-odds. Comfortably the best in the industry where the odds actually add up. If you are keen to follow along with us and choose to link up, use the special code SCPLAYBOOK. If you are, of course, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. Boys, let's get stuck into it for the week. $100 kitty per person. Sam, let's see if you can keep the run alive. Your lock of the week, $50.
1: Yeah, lock of the week, Um, it's it's a grand final. I wish everything was a lock. I wish it was that easy. Um, I I did have a good look at both sides, and I've actually landed on Parramatta giving away the start. Yeah. Uh, give them eight and a half starts um, for a grand final. And I think that Penrith is the best in the game at being able to to turn the screws and just play such a um, high-pressure, safe game where they don't make errors, but they they don't need to be the most flamboyant team at times. Uh, and I reckon it Parramatta, the, the, the first 25, 30 minutes just tells the tale for me. If Parramatta stay in the game and they can match Penrith early on, if they can be physical with them, match them early on. I think that, that Penrith, in these big games, you're not going to throw the football around like what like you, you probably normally do during the season. So I think they go back to that style of football that won them the grand final last year where I think Nathan Cleary's kicking game was as good a performance as I've ever seen. Um, so I think they go back... I shouldn't say back into their shell because it's about winning a football game. It's not about winning it by 50. I just think that they maybe become a little bit safer in a few of their their options. They don't need to win it by more than one point. And I just think when they get into a lead, they just, they're so methodical and they do things so well. Um, I just think that the Eels can can cover that line and that's not to say they win the game. I still probably think Penrith are going to win the game, but I think Parramatta with eight and a half start uh, if they can start well, start fast, score one or two tries, you know, in the first half, I think then it's game on. Very good, mate.
0: Interesting take on that one. Uh, I won't press on any questions there because we'll get to the, the more in depth analysis of the Eels and Panthers Grand Final a little bit later on. Hughie, your lock of the week,
2: Tim and Sam. Uh, you know, it
0: is one game of
2: footy, so. <laughs> Straight away, I'm backing the exact same thing (laughs) as Sam. Sorry for the the broken (laughs) record, guys. (laughs) I'm going to take, and like Sam said earlier, we don't even talk about this prior. So uh, I'm going to have a completely different reasoning, though. Uh, I'm taking, obviously, Parramatta 8.5, start. Um, My modelling, and I'll give a shout-out to my brother diesel who helps run this every week so i kind of claim it every week but uh he's he's the workhorse behind it range behind the operation yeah exactly exactly um we've got that uh, uh penrith minus seven and a half so you know it's only one point difference um but i don't talk about it too often actually but that one point is quite significant um when you go from a seven and a half to an eight and a half if you think about a game of footy you're expected Winning margins are you know one point, two points, four points, six points. Your next jump is eight points. So getting that eight and a half, so that half over the eight is actually quite valuable when you when you're punting. So like if you ever are looking at a, at an interesting line like that, it's uh, always good to think about those points either side of of a regular occurrence. So yeah, I'm taking that eight and a half because of that reason.
0: There you go, mate. Uh, I'll put you really under the pump here and uh, test your put your money where your mouth is. Your history at the TAB. If you've got a if you've got a dead even game and there's a you know what dollar ninety a piece and there's a one point swing in that line either way, how much would you if, if expect that to impact the the line? Uh, the, not the line, the odds, I should say.
2: The odds. Um. I think a minus one would give you like if you're playing a dollar ninety dollar ninety favorites you probably go to a dollar eighty two dollars if it's yeah one point I think roughly um, so yeah it's it's not a massive jump but that's probably what it is cool around there
0: I like it interesting stuff uh, my luck of the week and as I said I dare say there's going to be some repetition on this for for obvious reasons and there may not be I don't know what your punts are yet boys but. These sides have their strengths, these sides have their weaknesses, and it would be silly not to play to them, and they don't change really week to week. In fact, I struggled to actually find many weaknesses across the 34 players in this squad. Uh, My lock of the week, I settled on Brian Toto anytime try at $1.89. Look, plenty of reasons of this that I outlined in last week's podcast with Penrith being so strong on that left side. They tailor a lot of their attack down the left side, but... The additional part of this, and really, can you get your thoughts, Sam? Because it's something I've thought about on a long time for a long time. But uh, it's around the positioning of Gutho at fullback. Now, in the modern game, we see fullbacks defending in the line a lot more as that a defender, the first one to either side of the markers. Now, Luttrell is a great example of this. Last week, he was there a lot of the time, and there were three very simple tries from Penrith in behind the line. Gutho, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, while he does do this in defending the line, he doesn't commit to it as much, and he covers in behind the line a lot more. The way I see this panning out is that it's going to force Parramatta to defend that little bit tighter because Gutho won't be in the line there, which goes back to the old classic scenario. Like I think this new fullbacks in the line defending came in maybe the last probably three years was that... Uh, the fullback would effectively be the last man defender and tackle the winger. They'd get across as quick as they could, cover for any kicks and tackle the winger if there was an overlap. Gutho still does this a lot more than I think most fullbacks. Uh, What's your take on on that and just the whole fullbacks defending the line? Because every single coach in the NRL seems to do it. Uh, I'm not going to knock them. They know more than I do, but I think there's some serious chinks in that armour because there's a lot of soft tries from kicks in behind the line these days.
1: Yeah, look, and the big thing is you need to sit back and look at um, the, I guess, more difficult tries that they might see them as um, by going through the hands and scoring in the corner. But basically, the the first thing about it is, if you're a defending team, um, if the fullbacks are out the back and not defending in the line, well, straight away the the opposition are going to have an overlap before mm. anything else. So if they can get a Quick play of the ball and one leave one defender out. Then straight away you've already got two defenders on the attacking side that um, that you can create. So I think the big one is it just creates a little bit more uh, strength within that line. I, I think it's a, I think it's a very important play. I think it's got to be done. Um, and, and I just don't think you can defend your own line without having that extra man. Mm. The the one or two meters that you save having the fullback in the line probably saves you eight or nine metres out wide in terms of the width that everyone needs to get. Um, and if you have a big front rower running a running a, a lead line on the line, it takes two two defenders to stop them because even if you make really, really good contact down low, we saw Mark Nichols score a try against Cronulla there the other week where I don't even think it was a tackle breaker. The big fella sco- fell over and scored his try. But basically it was a one-on-one on the line. So, you add, in a, you add in an extra defender there. If the fullback's out the back, it's, it's just so easy to be able to create numbers and create um, opportunities out wide. And I think Gutherson's as good as anyone in the game. I love the way he's playing. I, I really do. i um, have been really impressed with him over the last month. And Dylan Edwards is the exact same. But the amount of work they do and they cover... Um, I think it's going to be a big one. And I think it's a big one for Dylan Edwards too because he missed a poor tackle against Parramatta last time around the line. But for me, it's a, a no brainer having the the fullback defending the line. And if they try and kick through, well, you get the foot out and try and stop it, or or get in behind and help out.
0: Okay, mate. Yep, very interesting.
1: Call me old fashioned, but I don't mind the old
0: winger covering the fullback covering the wing. And I'm hoping that's what happens this week. And Toto just sends Gutho flying because it was hard watching that Penrith Rabbitos last week because three almost untouched dive-overs. I was just frustrated to watch. Anyway, um, Toto at $1.89, first try score. Sorry, anytime try scorer. Uh, Sam, moving on to your value bet of the week,
1: $30. Yeah, look, the value, once again, it's uh, the market isn't – we don't have heaps to play with. But um, I've landed on and We'll talk a little bit more about it later. But Clive Churchill, medal winner I've gone with IO. IEO. Uh, I think he's the glue for that team. You're getting eleven dollars about him. I think that he's he's so important to that team, and I think if they win and they are to score points, I think he's going to be the one creating in the middle. It's going to be an extremely physical game. Um, there's going to be some some really sore bodies the next day because both sides have been playing very physical. But I just think what he does for the team and what he creates, and no doubt Nathan Cleary is the um, you know he's the conductor of it all. But I think Azai Yo at $11, I think that's where the value is. I just really think that if it's a tight game and clearly doesn't get much room, um, I think it might come down to someone like Azai Yo who might create one or two uh, one or two players. Uh, he might get over the line, but he's certainly going to do that work right in the middle as well. So uh, for me at $11, it's Azai Yo.
0: Rate it. Uh, Isaiah, you could potentially be a Dalian medal winner by the time this podcast finishes recording. The Dalian on right now, uh, recording on Wednesday night. Hughesy, your value play of the week?
2: Uh, Guys, I've gone with uh, an interesting winning margin bet. Uh, Over the past three years, um, when we look back at our modelling, we uh, have actually landed within one point of the actual result with our margin. So I said earlier that we have minus seven and a half. So that's basically saying that if if the trend continues for us, the that means Penrith are going to win by either six, seven, eight, or nine. Hmm. So I am actually going to do a Penrith win by six to ten at five dollars and ten cents because I'm back in the model to go four, four
0: from four in terms of being that close
2: to the actual final margin.
0: Love that, mate. Put the faith in the model. Um, I will go with a slightly similar to what you boys have done around the power line. But my value of the week, I've gone the Panthers to win one to twelve, uh, and then I've gone that into my Asivo anytime try at eight dollars fifty with a top up token. Um. Basically, don't need to elaborate on that too much. I think we've spoken about Mike Sevo on just how bloody good that left edge of the Parramatta Eels is. Sean Lane's in unbelievable form. Set one up for Sevo last week, uh, and I think the big boy can get over again. Uh, Sam, Hail Mary
1: Player of the Week, $20. Yeah, Hail Mary this week. Um, I've got, as I mentioned earlier, Zio to score a try into Mike Sevo to score a try. We're getting 20 bucks about that on the top-up. I think it's Io with a bit of footwork through the middle when the when the game gets a bit um, a bit of fatigue comes into the game. I think the big fella with some deception around him. He's always got numbers around him. Uh, I think him going over and looking to score a try. I mm-hmm. think he's getting good value around him at seven seventy five, and then and then Civo on the end of a, a Parramatta left edge. I actually feel as though they'll they'll target uh, Crichton a little bit on the edge. I think he's. Got one of the best tackle techniques in the game for a centre. He gets up and under really well, but there's been a few times I think he's been questionable in some of his decisions. So I'm just going to, um, yeah, I'm going to play around with those two. I think any try scorers, and it could be a really close game, but it might also be plenty of points with the way these two teams play. So I think there's some value around some of the try scorers.
2: Sam, actually, I really like that, mate. So all your bets this week are really correlated. You think... All right, if you get the eight and a half plus up with Parramatta, Sivo's probably one that's going to score a try that can help that one get up. But then you've also gone for Yo to score a try, which could just cap put the cherry on the top for his uh, Clive Churchill. So you could have an absolute fill-up if you're, if you're on, on the money, mate.
1: Yeah, that's it. And the big thing is, mate, I'm, I'm working at 440%, so I've got a bit of play money at the moment. I'm working with their money so we can go balls <laughs> in and see how it plays out.
0: Alternatively, when you tie them all together, if they go up shit creek and you go away from three and I swoop home with a Hail Mary and knock you off. Yeah, look, let's wake up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, not many weaknesses across these two lineups. I had a really good look through and there aren't a lot outside of probably one of Blake's hands and, Uh, The absolute pizzling that Nathan Cleary is going to give him with bombs all day. Interesting contest that one, but uh, your little mate Bailey Simonson came in last week for Tom Opochic at center, had a really, really good game, but it'll be interesting to see how hard Penrith target him. Uh, To my knowledge, I don't think Bailey's played a lot of Santa spent most of his time, particularly in the NRL at fullback and on the wing. Uh, Mate, that'd have to be a position
1: that Penrith would be looking at, wouldn't it? Yeah, no doubt. They'll go at Bailey really hard. I think he's, He's a natural footballer, Bailey, which is one advantage. He, he knows how to play multiple positions. But to be able to go in a game like this and expect to be able to um, – um, I shouldn't say dominant, dominate because he's not expected to dominate. But to go in there and just be do your job and be solid, which is all Parramatta asking, uh, it's going to be a massive challenge for him. And I agree. I think that Penrith, they'll target him really hard. I think they'll, they'll certainly try and – get players leading on his inside shoulder and make him make a decision. As a winger, you, you just see the player out the back and you make a decision. But the check and release that you need to do as a as a half or a center is um that's going to be a, a really big area for Parramatta if they're to win the game. Yep. Good to see how that one plays out this weekend.
0: Uh what are we up to with that one? Hughesy, your Hail Mary play. Uh to
2: my Hail Mary, I'm going to go for uh Super Multi, we've got Parramatta plus eight and a half into the over 38 and a half. Uh, Basically, with the over idea, um, I've looked at all the games at a core stadium uh, this year and everyone has been over so Mm -hmm. far. Uh, And also, every game between Parramatta and Penrith, only one has been under, and that was the most recent one. So I think it's about, you know, Uh, out of seven or eight games that's a a pretty good strike rate for the over so i'm going to play that one in and my last two components to the same game uh you boys have both backed these fellas already um but i think you know rather than sound like a broken record we're here to try and win bets and these two guys are on fire uh mathematically they attacked about they score their tries about 50% of the time down their edges, so I just have to put it in them in. So I've got Brian Toto for Penrith and then Sivo for Para. So that same game will roll out at $14.50.
0: Beauty mate, if we can get Sivo uh, and Toto over and Penrith winning by about seven points, we'll be having fill ups all around this week. Uh, I've gone with for my Hail Mary $20. Jerome Lui for the Clive Churchill medal at $17. Uh, thought Process there was just again down Penrith's left edge. And I uh, am watching Penrith very closely last year or two. There are times when if they do have success down a, a left edge down their left edge, uh, they can follow it and go to it quite often. So in that case, Clear is just distributing and hitting, hitting, hitting early. And it just opens up for out to whether he's scooting through himself, dishing the ball for a kick out try assist, if he can jag a couple of those or maybe get over himself. I think it's $17. He's pretty good value there. So don't mind Jerome Luai to finish the year. If you're feeling a little bit naughty, Junior Paulo, $91 first try scorer. Brian Toto Churchill medal, $51. If he can bag a brace and run for his 280 metres, uh, look out. Guys, if you've been wondering whether you can really afford to buy a new car or even maybe needing some extra cash to help take your business to the next level, whatever the goal, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW are here to help you know your numbers. Click them a message via their Instagram at Patton George Mortgage Choice, or one word, or give them a call on 02 9521 1611. Don't forget, mention the special code SC Playbook for a free numbers consult. It'll save you a stack of money. Husey, let's get stuck into it here, mate. You've got a few telling stats that could be detrimental uh, on the grand final, and particularly for grand final punting. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, Tim. Uh, like we talked about a couple of weeks back when we rolled into the finals, I did a bit of an analysis around the top eight games and, and we, we came to the conclusion that you know, 80% of those games between those top eight teams are won by the team who wins the post-contact metres and similarly uh, 80% of games are won by the team that gets a better completion rate. Um, and lo and behold, the best two teams at completion rate are Parramatta and Penrith. Parramatta with 84% and Penrith with 81%. Um, like I gather, you know, Sam, you, you have obviously covered a bit of it around field positioning and and getting that uh, start of the set in the right place uh, last time. But, yeah, is there any take on why you think these two guys, are, uh, these two teams have, have made it based on those stats?
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of the time... Rugby league these days can be critical. Uh, people can be critical about that it's structured and it can be boring at times. And look, I tend to agree. I, I see, I see their points, but what you've just said then is the exact reason why teams do it. It's the exact same reason why they try and you know, bomb the corners and and clear his his boot. Uh, he's obviously got one of the bigger boots in the game, and and the way he, you know, he doesn't change too much. of He he knows his kicking game like the back of his hand. He'll go to a corner. He's got good uh, good grubbers and, and he's got a good bomb. So, look, I just think that the completion rates and, and being able to turn the team around and, and where they start the set, it's the single biggest thing. You could have the best defensive side in the game, but if you're turning the football over on your own trial on, you know, continuously, teams are going to come up with tries. So it's about turning them around, playing it at the right end of the field, and it's very hard to score long-range tries.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, from a Parramatta perspective, you know, in terms of the kicking game, I've actually found that, you know, they're the best team at all. Well, they kick the most out of all teams in terms of attacking kicks. So, like, looking to Mitch Moses to to drive that one, I think they're kicking about 11 per game. Penrith are only kicking nine per game. And also, Para another positive for them is their effective offloads is the best in the comp as well. They're offloading effectively at least 13 times in a game compared to Penrith only doing that eight times. Do you think there's something there that if Parramatta can play that attacking brand of footy, that, that that's where they can find that edge?
1: It's a great rep for Parramatta as a team that they can offload the ball so much, uh, complete so high and play at the right end of the field. I, I think it's, you know, it's, becoming really clear if you haven't watched much football this year as to why they're up there with Penrith and, and playing in the big game. I, I think at the moment, the way they're, the way they're using the football, um, I don't think that they beat Penrith by just simply going straight through them. So that offload is going to be really important. Um, and you mentioned also about the kicks, the attacking kicks. There's been times there where Mitch Moses will go down a short side. Uh, the percentage play is to chip into a corner and, and get into the fullback and keep him there. But he, he'll come up with that little grubber just in behind the line when the winger's got to be on the end of the line and the fullback might be 20 metres behind. It's, it's a really good attacky play and something I don't think that teams probably do enough of. I think he's been the first player I've seen do it is that little grubber in behind the line as opposed to trying to turn the team round, actually trying to score off it. So that's a player playing with confidence and I think Parramatta is a team are a team playing with confidence and, and that's why they're there they're, they're um at this point of the season
2: lovely mate and i think the the last one i have for you is is like quite quite an amazing statistic is that penrith are actually uh playing 64 percent of games of footy in their opponent's half so like it all ties in together with the you know the completion rate statistic but that's sixty-four percent. If you compare that to the second best team, they're only on fifty-eight percent. So that's a lot of footy being played in your opponent's half.
1: Yeah, and look, off the top of my head, there's probably three key factors into how they play that. They they don't make errors. They kick the ball really long with um with Cleary's big boot. And I think a big a big kick for a half back is becoming more and more important in the game. I think being able to Kick it high and long, and really give yourselves an opportunity to get down there. Uh, I think that's becoming really important. Um, and I think the way that um, the way these two sides just roll down the field in numbers, and they take what meters are on offer. If there's short side easy meters, they'll take it. If um, they need to come back to the middle and play with momentum, they'll do that too. Sixty four percent is phenomenal. How much football they uh, they do, and and as I said earlier, I think. Penrith can be, you can keep them under wraps if you stay with them for the first 30 minutes. They don't change too much. They they stick to their systems. But what happens is because they're so good at it, teams just falter and they go away and it's so hard to physically stay with that team. And when fatigue comes into, that's when they kick kick away. So that's it'll be no different again on Sunday night. Parramatta's going to have to stay with them for 80 minutes and, and if they can really start the game fast, they, they might be able to do that. Love it, lads. Good stuff.
0: Now, Sam, we'll go into a quick grand final preview and we'll make it brief because you've spoken about it in depth and I was basically going to ask you about where the game is won for both sides. I think you've pretty well just covered where Penrith win it in basically that last few sentences. Uh, basically, Also, side note, from that chat, all I heard was clear his boot, clear his boot, clear his boot. Mate, he's won that many games of footy on it and it might not be any different this week. What I want to know, Sam, is where do Parramatta win this
1: game? I think they need to back themselves. I think the first 20 minutes, I don't think that they have to come out and throw the football around and be extremely expansive. I don't think they need to come out and try and blow them out of the water as such. I think in the first 20, 30 minutes, if they can play a really uh, high percentage game where they're, they're staying with them, they're playing a good field position and the game's you know, within two or four points at that 30 minute mark, I think that there's going to then become an opportunity to throw the football around a little bit. And I think they've still got to play their style of football that they've been doing well. They've still got to offload. They've still got to use the width. I think they'll certainly use their short sides. I think that's a big one for them. They'll uh, Both Moses and Brown will play very straight and try and take some easy metres down the short side. But for Parramatta, they've got to be really physical to start the game. Junior's been fantastic at that. Uh, get into the game. Take some of the uh, bring some of the fatigue into the game. It doesn't matter who you are. If you want to try and score points, you've got to get behind the football and you've got to be able to find energy to run good lines and you've got to be able to push up with your mate and all these things. That if you're tired, it's very hard to do. So, the big one for me is for Parramatta to be in the game at the 25 minute mark and then to start using the football, start playing a bit of football and score a couple of tries at the back end of that first half uh, and really put put the pressure on panelists to make sure they know they're in a the game.
0: Boys, we are in for a cracker. Now let's quickly run through a few thoughts around the Clive Churchill medal market, Sam. And the first one and the one that people are going to be speaking about every pub in the country leading into Sunday night, Nathan Cleary, $2.85 for the Clive Churchill medal, 34 players in this game. Do you, like, I, I don't know the numbers around it, but it's got to be one of the shortest we've ever seen. Uh if you're framing the market, Sam, is two dollars eighty five fair, or do you think he's unders, overs? Surely, to God, not overs.
1: Yeah, look, it's probably thereabouts and, and fair enough. But for for me, Penrith's got so much class across the paddock. I, I know he's, I know he conducts things and he pulls the strings. But for me, I wouldn't be touching that price about him. I, I think it's far too short. On the, he, they're not a make up of a team where they solely rely on him. I think we saw throughout the year. They can win games of football without him there as well. Obviously, he's a world, world-class world halfback, uh, but I just feel as though he's probably a little bit short with the players he's got around him because there might only be two or three tries scored for the Panthers in this game. So for them, first of all, they've got to probably win the game. Uh, I know there's been some anomalies lately, but they've probably got to win the game. And second of all, there's players around him who are, who are internationals, and uh, I just think it's a bit short for me.
0: Yeah, aside with Dylan Edwards, who will run through 300 metres. Isaiah Yo who you touched on before, who's one of your picks, value picks. I here, Drome Lui, Viliami Kikau. Honestly, the list goes on. Uh, Sam, if you are going down that list uh, around the odds, who do you like around, obviously, Isaiah Yo who you touched
1: on? Uh, I don't mind the play around Clint Gutherson at 12s. I think he's been in absolutely everything for Parramatta. And these types of games, grand finals are one on moments at might be someone pushing up on the inside or uh, or a try-saving tackle. And all the big moments that Parramatta seem to be involved with lately seem to have him around it. So for them to win, I think their captain, um, Clint Gutherson, the one that will look to uh, look to, – he'll try and get him home on, on his own. He's been having some tough carries through the middle on the back of slow play the balls, and then he'll be on the back end of a back line two plays later. He's unbelievably fit. So I don't mind him at the price. Um yeah, look, Junior Paul at fifty ones. I think that's another good price. I think he's probably a little bit overs, overs there as well. He's he's been that creative forward for the for the pack and uh, creating a few offloads and even ball playing a bit as well. So uh, that's probably the two for the for the Eels, um, along with um, Isaiah Yo for the Panthers. If I was playing some value, beauty Hughesy. Who's your Churchill tip? Or
0: not even your tip. Your tips. Everyone's tip should probably be Nathan Cleary. Who who do you like with a bit of value?
2: <laughs> oh, Mate, I, I think my value probably go to Sean Lane. I thought that second half of his last game was unbelievable. The post-contact meters that he was carrying for and, and setting the boys up outside him. I think without his effort, Pararon in this grand final. But in saying that, it's a tough one. Do, does a second rower win the Clive Churchill? Probably not often. So uh, definitely a little specky there for me, though.
0: Mm. Halves all day, every day, and I'm going to play the value around the two five eight. Uh The secondary conductors, you'd argue, in their sides. Dylan Brown, $16 for power. Drome 17 for the Panthers. Guys, if you are keen to extend your fantasy season, take on the SC Playbook crew in the Bundy NRL Mixer, combining the NRL and NRLW competition. Grand final week this week, the final round, of so add a bit of extra spice to it. Uh, in my books, if you don't have Millie Boyle, you've got rocks in your head, so lock her in for the Knights women's side. Guys, the SC Playbook special not up yet. We feel we've recorded a little bit early this week, and we we couldn't sort something out just yet. That we posted on our socials later this week. Uh, that's it for the grand final preview and the NRL season. Sam, thanks for the season, and we'll be back for the World Cup.
1: Yeah, thanks, boys. It's been you know certainly good fun, and I hope some of our listeners have some um, made some money as well. It's going to be a great grand final, as you mentioned. Really looking forward to the World Cup and talking about some of the players that. Uh, maybe some of the the uh, local Aussies haven't heard too much of. Uh, lucky enough to play against a lot of the players over there, and we've seen a lot of them in the NRL as well. So, um, you know, the season's not over. We'll we'll, we'll get together again, and hopefully, we can all finish it with a high. Absolutely, mate. And Husey, thanks again for your all your efforts
0: this uh this half a season we've been going for. Uh, and good luck this weekend with your punts.
2: Thanks, Tim, and thanks, Sam. Always a pleasure with you two fellas. Each week, I had had a great time. So, yeah, let's get those wins up for the last run.
0: Next time we chat, Hughes will be a married man. So congrats to him. Hopefully it all goes well there, mate. Uh, And, guys, thanks for tuning in this season to the Half-Backed podcast. Good luck in the grand final and then on into the World Cup.